You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. What do rich people do with their money? Where do they invest? How do they keep getting richer? I'm sure most of you wonder about it. Well, in this podcast we'll discuss exactly that. And today I have with me Nitin Jain, he is chairman and MD at Neo Group, a wealth and asset management firm. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Welcome Nitin. Hi Aprijita. Hi, so glad to have you on the show today. And uh, my first question is about rich people. What is the definition of being rich in India? And why do rich people keep getting richer? <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. I, I think there is no one definition, but generally, uh, I think a, a benchmark that a lot of firms like ours use is if you have a net worth of one million dollar plus, which is nearly around ten crore Indian rupees, uh, you are supposed to be uh, a rich person. Or uh, in, in a lot of definitions in research reports, etc., you you see them being called as high HNI or UHNI. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to give you some context, uh, I, I think this is very interesting. I think today, as we stand, India has around uh, 10 lakh rich people, if if that is the definition. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in 10 to 12 years from now, actually, we expect it to become one crore rich people. So just imagine a India with okay. one crore people, okay. upwards of 10 crores of net worth. I, I think that's a that's a mind-boggling statistic. Right, truly. So, uh, who, who are new breed of rich uh, people in India? So, are there um, uh, people with generational wealth uh, could have been richer or businessmen? Those are yeah. uh, traditionally considered rich people. But how are we going to have this one two number who are new breed of rich people in India? Yeah, I, I think there is something phenomenal happening in India, Prachita. See that uh, earlier, if you Just imagine 20 years back, you know, when I was graduating from campus. Mm-hmm. I think most of us actually just wanted to get a safe, secure job with one of the established banks, etc. Mm-hmm. And you know, our dream was that if we start making one or two lakhs a month, life would be all set, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at the crowd today, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are actually joining startups, starting their own companies, becoming. Yeah. Companies are becoming more professional. CEOs are getting paid a lot, lot more than what they used to be, particularly in form of stock mm-hmm. options, etc. I think the kind of uh, democratization of wealth that we are witnessing now has never happened actually in India, and it's only in the last five to six years that I have seen this happening. And and Bangalore being, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think, a case study. Bangalore is becoming the Silicon Valley of India. I I end up visiting Bangalore quite often. And uh, you'd be surprised that uh, I end up meeting so many dollar millionaires at the age of twenty-five to thirty. Wow! It's amazing wow. the kind of wealth that is being created in India. Okay, so what do they do differently? So one, I suppose, having fancy jobs, uh, having a startup, <clears throat> and obviously this has also become a trend. Everybody wants to become an entrepreneur, but not everybody can. So. Who, who, which are the people who can really become rich in India? And the rich people you are talking about, people in their twenty 
25 or 30 or 20 something so do they have some kind of generational wealth and with that they are able to maybe launch startups and they have something to fall back on so again rich people are getting richer and or do we actually have real the rich the uh, how should i say the number of rich people are really expanding across india or again it's centered among few people at the same people set of people are growing actually that, that i i think that's a that's a very interesting question uh, you know prajita in the building that i'm sitting here or let's say in the office that i'm sitting and talking to you right now uh we have around 700 employees okay mm-hmm. and out of which if i'm not mistaken i think there would be at least 30 people above a million dollar network it it might be more but minimum we have 30 people in this office okay and just remember most of these people actually come from very very humble backgrounds so in fact that's that's actually the trend that i see uh, all india that most of the new wealth that is creating uh, being created is actually first generation there's really not uh, a lot of money coming from your uh, your parents or your grandparents and assets that uh, your family has owned of course that is also a lo- uh, that is also a category but if you see as a percentage of of rich people where they are coming from what you will be surprised is actually a lot of them are coming from very humble backgrounds particularly i think people who have done well in academics have taken some risk understand technology well i mean amazing uh, transformation that at least i have witnessed in the last 8 to 10 years all right and uh, so these people uh, where are they investing are they going for traditional investment options like mutual funds fds or are they going for alternative investments something different from what normally people do actually to be fair uh, there is let's let's say there is old wealth and there is new wealth right people yes. who have had money for generations and uh, i think they think about wealth very differently uh, they are more conservative they are actually thinking about preserving wealth over the next few generations uh i think that the kind of investments that they make are very different from let's say what a new generation entrepreneur or somebody who has just uh, got into wealth will make okay and let me first give you an example of uh, of this difference so uh, a lot of old money typically is investing into uh, let's say uh, instruments which are uh, let's say equities fixed income uh, alternates etc but a lot of new money actually goes first into real estate i don't know why but there is there has been a lot of uh, appetite for you know buying your own home in india and despite the fact that we keep on hearing these these talks that you know people want to rent and all but my experience tells me that the first uh, 5 10 crore that people make a lot of them end up spending in real estate right Mm-hmm. uh the second i think different that i see uh, between the two categories is the first generation wealth uh generally is more exploratory right i think they they want to spend they want to have a good life and uh, uh they they will uh, invest uh, experiences they will they will spend money on buying uh, luxury items etc etc mm-hmm. whereas when i see uh, a lot of people who are old money uh they have gone through this journey i guess and they are all continuously thinking about which businesses to buy which businesses to sell how to okay. build trust structures how to 
you know, I I think there is a big difference between the old gen and the new gen, if I can say so. Okay, so but even new gen is going into real estate. That's what you're saying. They have this. I mean, I mean, you obviously have all kinds of people, right? So, uh-huh. what I was saying is that the first investment typically ends up being a real estate, but yes. over a period of time, I think they also they also end up spend, uh, investing. Once you have more money into uh, capital markets, including equities, including fixed income, uh-huh. so yeah. Okay, and um, and we have also been seeing this entire trend around passion investing, so buying. Uh, collectible and you also mentioned about luxury items that people buy so luxury bags right. limited edition shoes vintage cars and these days auctions <coughs> also happen for expensive jewelries expensive paintings so what have you observed on this front well it's amazing actually to a traditionalist somebody like me mm-hmm. i think i struggled to get this trend but let me give you an example yesterday actually it's mm-hmm. interesting yesterday itself Mm-hmm. I was talking to a couple of my colleagues. Okay, uh, these are twenty-eight, twenty-nine year olds who have done well for themselves, made reasonable amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, they bought a sneaker of Nike. I I don't know exactly which sneaker was it, mm-hmm. but some Jordan mm-hmm. Nike sneaker, mm-hmm. which was supposedly worth four lakh. Okay, four lakh <laughs> for a sneaker, and and you know what they told me, and and this is news to me. Uh, that they plan to sell it at eight lakhs because there's so much demand for that exclusive sneaker. Just imagine a oh. shoe <laughs> being traded at four lakhs and eight lakhs. It's unbelievable. So yeah, you're seeing a lot of people starting to get into luxury items, collectibles. You're seeing the same trend in watches. Okay. Actually, post COVID, COVID, I don't know whether uh, you watched, but hmm. uh, secondhand watch prices in luxury just shot through the roof. In fact, they were getting traded very actively, and there were a lot of business uh, entrepreneurs that came up in between to just build platforms mm-hmm. for exchanging uh, and buying and selling of uh, second-hand second-hand luxury watches. Uh, so, but I, but I think these are the uh, more uh, offbeat trends. Though the more, if I if I have to use a more uh, stable uh, luxury investment, I think. Areas like art score very highly, right? Uh, and yeah, it, it has actually now nearly become an asset class. So, like people buy equity and fixed income. So when you buy an Infosys share, you know the price, right? It is not to be discovered. Similarly, I now, I now see a lot of art pieces becoming very very tradable, which means that the price of those uh, assets or of those pieces of art are actually well discovered. And there has been a reasonable appreciation for the last ten years. I think overall returns as mm-hmm. an asset class, if I'm not mistaken, is upwards of twelve percent CAGR. Mm-hmm. So not only are you enjoying the art, yeah. but you're also making uh, much higher returns. Actually, sometimes much higher than uh, bonds. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are some other offbeat investment options? So, art so I talked about art. yeah yeah I talked about shoes I talked about watches I think there's something a lot of people also like to buy vintage cars okay uh, so I think uh, that's and of course that is something that uh, all of us know mm-hmm. but the market has suddenly become very vibrant but yeah these are the three four items which are more common and popular amongst the uh, new actually this is 
between the new gen as well as the old gen i must say mm-hmm. correct and have you observed that uh, in passion investment uh, rich people uh, funding startups which are into their passion something like that actually yeah i, I think i missed that part a lot of a lot of yeah, thank you for highlighting a lot of uh, actually investing especially the second generation and third generation i'm seeing uh, they are looking to seed businesses in areas of their interest and it's one of the best things that can happen to a country like india for example mm-hmm. if i love deep tech okay and, mm-hmm. and i think that india is not investing in deep tech in healthcare let's say mm-hmm. uh, we are actually seeing a lot of uh, people rich people coming and uh, getting together and seeding a fund Mm-hmm. to actually finance these companies or finance these entrepreneurs right uh, so right. i i think it's a beautiful trend the sustainability is another uh, big uh, area that a lot of rich people are actually uh, starting to invest in mm-hmm. in fact uh, i must use this as a segue to share with you mm-hmm. that in japan actually uh, it's mandatory for corporations to invest jaise hamare yahan csc hota hai na corporate social responsibility csr uh, yes. mandatory yes similarly a lot of japanese companies have mandatory investments into what they call as orphan sectors so you can choose a sector where a lot of investments are not happening but are important for the country right hmm. uh, and so you will see companies like uh, let's say take an example of mitsubishi suddenly you will find mitsubishi into many many industries right Mm-hmm. but why that has happened is because uh, the company per se is actually continuously investing as a part of the government mandate into areas that they choose and they like mm-hmm. uh, but not for returns but for the growth of that sector and if that grows and if that does well of course you also end up getting the returns mm-hmm. but uh, i think it has become a lot more structured uh, in developed countries it's but a lot of indian uh, rich people are doing this as a as a as a passion as a hobby in their individual capacity and i've also seen rich people investing in alternative investment funds so aifs so the way mutual funds and pms have developed gradually aifs are also picking up so what are you observing there and what sort of offbeat investments are there in aifs because there are a category 1 2 3 aifs and category 3 i believe gives you that flexibility to explore different investment avenues so talk about that yeah yeah i actually this is a very large trend in fact uh, i must tell you that aif basically aif is nothing but like a mutual fund mm-hmm. but uh, let's say having far more flexibility in terms of what you can do as a fund manager okay mm-hmm. so sebi came out with these guidelines uh, nearly 2011 12 mm-hmm. and just to share with you some number as we stand today there is 11 lakh crore of investments Mm-hmm. in aifs already 11 lakh crores okay? okay just to put that in perspective uh today the mutual fund in the industry will be around 45 to 50 lakh crore mm-hmm. okay after uh, maybe 35 40 years so in 10 years aif has become 25% of the mutual fund industry mm-hmm. so it's a it's a very large trend it's something that we are witnessing across rich people in their portfolios everybody is allocating Mm-hmm. but let me uh, just share with you what exactly is a alternative investment right hmm. i mean just to understand alternative we we need to understand what is this an alternative to right so mm-hmm. actually uh, in financial services you 
broadly classify any investment mm-hmm. into traditional or alternative so actually traditional means mutual funds direct equity direct bonds these are called as traditional uh, investing mm-hmm. and alternative is anything which is not completely correlated to these two uh, or three asset classes that i talked about so including mm-hmm. art including real estate Mm-hmm. including all the passion uh, investing ideas that we talked about all of this actually is alternates okay mm-hmm. and interestingly you can use the ai platform to invest in any of these asset classes okay so th- that's how uh, alternatives are defined uh, alternatives generally tend to give you better risk adjusted return than uh, the traditional investment that's why people go for alternative funds right in fact uh, india is has been very lucky that in the last uh, 25 30 years equity markets have done very well okay mm-hmm. and that's where uh, people don't see the real need for alternate but if you just think about it in china for example the chinese economy went from 2003 uh, it was 3 trillion dollars nearly in 2003 to mm-hmm. nearly 20 trillion dollars today so where india was one year back mm-hmm. to where india wants to be <laughs> 20 years down the line right that's the journey that china has seen already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know the stock market there actually in those 20 years is negative mm-hmm. so the economy has grown six times right but the equity markets has given you actually negative returns right mm-hmm. so a lot of people in india believe that if india will do well the stock markets will do well that's not always true should be true but not always true and hence what we advise to clients and i i, I think a lot of our sophisticated rich clients follow this as a practice that you always follow diversification okay so you have to have let's say 40% into equity 40% into fixed income and 20% into other asset classes like uh, the ones that we discussed particularly through aifs okay so in aifs which themes are possible is it real estate or uh, startup investment or mix of both yeah. get and <clears throat> unlisted right so there are four four broad categories of alternate options that are available The first one is private equity, right? Okay. I'm sure a lot of us understand what private equity is. Basically, you buy stake in unlisted companies. Mm-hmm. The second is private debt. So very similar to private equity, but instead of buying equity, you give them a very flexible debt capital. Mm-hmm. But the returns are typically in the range of 18 to 20 percent, and it's a function of how well the company does, right? Mm-hmm. So you are basically doing what a private equity fund manager does. but you are protecting your downside but cap with capital guarantee and limiting your upside to 20 21% okay so private equity private debt the third category is called as real assets real assets is includes real estate includes art includes uh, infra biotech actually you know you can own roads you can own uh, ports you can own uh, solar assets etc etc so uh, real assets is the third and the fourth one is hedge funds hedge funds are generally more talked about publicly hmm uh basically where you both go long the stocks sometimes you don't like the sh- stocks so you short the stock but you're very active mm-hmm. so these are the four broad categories and all of them have got a reasonable traction in india in the last 5 6 years hmm all right so yeah so lot of options are available for rich people now i'll go back to my first question that uh, how do rich people keep getting richer and what about others what what about middle and do they have anything to follow when it comes to passion investment or 
exploring alternate investment within yeah, the yeah, so surplus corpus yeah, and reduce it. Yeah, but I I will classify. I think um, smart rich people keep on getting richer. Okay, I have also seen some people who have not been so smart. Huh, by the way, in fact, there is a <laughs> billionaire turning billionaire. Yeah, in fact, I think there, there's there's a lot of evidence. Actually, uh, uh, the third generation typically loses all the money. Can you believe this? That only seven percent of the people are able to retain wealth in their third generation. Okay, so uh, this it, data point is interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it's not always that rich people keep on getting richer. But yeah, I, I must say that a lot of rich people are smart. That's why they got rich in the first place and they do some great things with the investment. So first of all, very diversified. Always diversified. Always uh, planning about uh, 10 to 15 years. Not thinking about next one or two years, but you, you can see a horizon of 15 to 20 years. That makes a big difference in a portfolio. Third, I think they are they have access to a lot of asset classes mm-hmm. uh, which are not currently available to retail in India, right? So I said AIS, for example, in a AIS, you have to invest minimum one crore, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I, I think it's a it's a reasonably high uh, which mm-hmm. is a barrier for retail to participate, right? But a lot of these uh, AIS actually give you superior returns, gives you much better risk adjusted. Uh, outcomes than the traditional portfolios, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they also have access to the best of the advisors, not only in India but offshore. So a lot of things work in their favor. Though I must say, I think if you are smart and uh, you are somebody who's looking to create wealth, a lot of this has actually got democratized because of social media. So information is no longer an advantage as long as you're willing to work harder. Mm-hmm. And just to make a point, uh, as Neo, our commitment is in the next four to five years, hopefully, mm-hmm. we will make available a lot of these uh, options which are available to rich people in fractionalized form mm-hmm. to retail, subject to, of course, regulations, etc. But but we are going to make a strong case on how to make some of these uh, very high quality asset classes available to a larger audience, hopefully. Mm-hmm all time that is interesting okay so lastly uh, any advice for uh, listeners here who are listening to you on this podcast what will you advise them that how they can get on a path to rich or rich <laughs> maybe just so I, 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 I must say this uh, very few pessimistic people have become rich okay so my first advice would be be super optimistic uh, drop the skepticism I think India is on a track to have probably the 10, 15 most glorious years ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Which means never before and probably never after. Okay. So if you are uh, if you are if you have the capital, I would highly recommend through a very calculated, calibrated manner, you should take the risk. Okay. In your portfolios. Don't be just uh, defensive about a portfolio and say a fixed deposit is enough or oh, I can't deal with the volatility. India is going to do very, very well. Mm-hmm. Please talk to your advisors, but please allocate capital to risk assets. Okay, that would be my first advice. Second, I think there is there are tons of opportunities for high quality professionals. I've never seen, actually today, uh, for good quality people, uh, I mean, opportunities are absolutely infinite, right? 
In fact, when we are hiring people, we are struggling to get people. In fact, when we get good people, they generally have five or six offers today. Mm-hmm. So, if if you are good and you you have a specific skill and you are passionate and you are committed to success, I think there are massive opportunities. Go out and take some risk. I would advise uh, work with companies that way where you can grow meaningfully rather than going to companies which are only providing you very, uh, let's say, uh, stable but uh, not enough growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, take risk with your career. in a calibrated way take risk with your portfolios something that might not be very comfortable when you listen to this but i think india is going to have one hell of a ride in the next 10 15 years and if you don't take the risk i i, I just feel that you might repent it later all right so taking risk is important only then you'll get rewarded absolutely yeah thank you so much nitin for sharing your uh, views with us you have shared interesting insights and i hope our listeners Love the show today. Thank you, Aprajita. Thank you. The pleasure speaking to you. Feel free to ask your queries on this topic. I am available on X. My X handle Apri underscore Sharma. You can find me on LinkedIn as well with my full name, which is Aprajita Sharma. For more such podcasts, keep visiting stsmartcast dot com. Bye bye. Stay updated on this podcast. Follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 